Hello there, and welcome to episode three of Passive Aggressive Film Reviews. I'm Richard Shittlebob. And I'm Nathaniel Barrettmore. How's your week been, Nathaniel? It's been an interesting week as ever, Richard. Oh, yeah? Interesting week, oh, absolutely. Uh, what have you been doing? I found myself at a film festival. Okay. Quite uh, appropriate, obviously, given the nature of our programme. Absolutely. Um, met some interesting people, as you do at these bashes. I know mm-hmm. you find you've um, often commented on the celebrities that you met in the past. I, I do like to mingle. Oh, I know you like to mingle. With the famous and the good. I know you said you feel at home with the, 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 A, the A1 celebrities. I certainly feel more comfortable in their presence than I do with the great unwashed. <laughs> Well, as you would, I'm a little less humble in proceedings, Richard, mm-hmm. um, but I did meet some interesting characters, nonetheless. Go on, far away, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, well, I'll come to the most interesting one last, but I, I met briefly Ray Winston. Oh, really? Yeah. The geezer? The geezer, the West Ham fan. Indeed, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's as obnoxious as you imagine him to be, to be honest with you. Uh, oh. Yeah, he, he, you know what? I wish he didn't know who I was and I had to introduce myself. I don't suppose I can criticise him for that, but he didn't want to engage in conversation. I got a few uh, cockney jibes and that was about it, really. Uh, I've always heard that he's a, a genuine delight. Absolute nonsense. Now, the guy isn't a crass idiot. Could, he, could that just be because he was talking to you? No, I don't think that was the case. No, I don't no? think that was enough. I don't think you can call him, uh, you know, criticise him for, for talking to me. Um, no, I think that was absolutely fine. It was, it was his lack, lack of speech, really, towards me that uh, you can perhaps criticise. So he was rude? Not even rude, he was just sort of, uh, he didn't want to engage. Which he's I, interested. He's interested, that's it, you've got the correct label there, Richard, yeah. Yeah. Um, surely, whoever you, you're at a bash, you're going to mingle, you're going to see people you know, people you don't. Surely you treat them all with respect and make a bit of time for everybody, don't you? But Mr Winston didn't seem to want to do that, so but, we'll, we'll forgive him for that. Sometimes I've been at, at, at an occasion, yeah, and I've been forced to talk to somebody that I deemed to be a nobody. So you know, maybe maybe Ray was just having similar thoughts. Perhaps he was. I don't think he deserves credit on that, and neither do you. Okay, that's a different uh, different topic. All right. Uh, but to come to, I met a couple of interesting people, but I didn't really engage in conversation, so it's no point banging on about it. But uh, I did meet get to meet the great Clint Eastwood. Wow. He's as enigmatic off-screen as he has on-screen, Richard. The man is an absolute delight. Uh, Can he still hold his bladder? I don't know. I'm not sure of his toilet activities, to be honest with you. Oh, um, I'd have thought somebody like you would be intrigued about that kind of thing. Oh, don't be so crass, Shittlebob. Goodness me. I may well have uh, different proclivities to you, which doesn't mean I'm follow people into toilets. No, the man was an absolute delight. He's rugged. He's obviously he's handsome. He's charismatic. Everything that you see on screen, he's off screen. Uh, he was engaging. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I mean, I couldn't help myself, Richard. I hope you forgive me, but I couldn't help but bring the subject up of uh, what we were discussing a couple of weeks ago. Can you fucking bring that to your memory? And, and what was that? Remind me. Do you remember we were discussing Dirty Harry in our uh, classic film? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And uh, you were broadcasting your um, confusion about feelings over over seeing Mr Eastwood on screen. I know we put it down to the old grey, I know we kind of... Well, yeah, we put that to bed. That's clearly, I I was intoxicated by the bergamot in the five cups of old grey that I've been drinking. 
Well, for the sake of the discussion, and uh, obviously I'm, I've met Mr. Eastwood, and uh, I wanted to get his take on things. Uh, and he had an interesting take on it, Richard, if, if, you, if you'd like to, uh, to hear. Uh, well, um, it seems like I've got no choice. Well, you haven't really, you know, I've just been polite. Um, he, he said it was, it's not an unusual phenomenon. Uh, he says he's aware that um, men, women do find him attractive, and it's, always, and it's always flattering. Uh, and he said that uh, if you did have any feelings of that nature, uh, just to go with them and not be ashamed of them. I thought that was quite a novel response. Now, did you by any chance show him a picture of me? No, I didn't. I don't carry photos around you with my wife. Well, now we get on okay, but I don't have photographs of you, Richard, now. Uh, okay, no, just a thought. No, <laughs> would, would you want wanted me to? <laughs> I, I would have been interested to know if him seeing me invoked similar feelings, yearnings in him. That would have been interesting, absolutely. I can't regret that now. What a great call. Yeah, well, cause it, 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 in many ways, that could have suggested that we were, you know, perhaps soulmates that had just never happened to have met. Absolutely, that possibility is always there, isn't it? I might, I, in fact, I might, I might use, use some of my contacts and send a photo to his agent. You never know your luck. See if I get a response. You never know your luck. Uh, I don't think Clint's leadings uh, lean that way. Mm. To, if you well, do, nor do You're doing your score, do you? Nor do mine, Nathaniel. I know they don't, exactly. Uh, which makes I, don't, I don't care for your insinuations. Well, I, just, I don't really care for you or not caring, but... Anyway, tell me about your week. <laughs> so, but you want to know about my week? I'd love to know about your week, Richard. Yeah. Okay, well, I've been alone this week. Um, Yvonne, the lovely Yvonne, uh, she's been in France. Okay. Not through choice, of course. But um, it was a work commitment. Oh, uh, yeah. She's president of the GSPS, which is the Granny Smith Preservation Society. Because I don't know if you know this, Nathaniel, but Granny Smith are actually dying out. And I it's didn't. time that people heard about it. Because all we do is we just, pick, you know, people pluck them off the trees, we, we wolf them down, and we don't really think about them. Um, but they're, but they're, they're, you know, cl- close to becoming an endangered species. Okay. So that's, that's what she's in France for. Right. And she's reported back that she's feeling a little bit homesick. Yeah. And that if she's forced to eat another slice of horse meat... She may well just die. That's her words. Those Frenchies, they like the, uh, the horse meat, don't they? Well, but, I mean, Yvonne is a vegetarian. Oh, no. I disapprove, um, but it keeps her breath fresh. But, of course, there's no concept of vegetarianism in France, so she's forced to, to dine on flesh. Well, they're clearly all animals, aren't they? It's either horse or foie gras or any other disgusting kind of meat or animal product that you can name. Not good, wholesome, pure British beef, for example. Well, absolutely. I'm not going to uh, disagree with you. Uh, English beef is, is a fine uh, export. But I'm interested in the reaction as the, the French people uh, have been giving uh, your good lady about promoting Granny Smith apples. But they love a Granny Smith. Even though it's got no meat content. <laughs> they do eat vegetables and fruit as well. They just insist ah. that every they do, but they just insist that every meal has some kind of meat rubbish involved. 
funnily enough, this ties in a little bit with what you were just saying. Oh, well, in what way? Well, with, with Yvonne out of the house, I found myself having strange yearnings. Oh, I like Richard Chittlebush show strange yearnings. Go on. Well, and it just so happens, by coincidence, I, that I've watched Dirty Harry four times in the past five days. Okay. Expectantly waits for the next... I don't know why, but, you know, I'm alone, and my mind just said to me, Richard, Richard, put on Dirty Harry. Four times out of the last five days. And did you glean anything different from the film? Any more strange yearnings, feelings? No, I, I think I'm over that. Um, oh, that's a shame. And uh, to be honest, by the fourth viewing, I was getting a bit bored. I kind of knew the plot by then. Not sore then. Um, no, no, I was no, I was fully clothed. That's a shame as well. Now, last Sunday, this is on a totally different note. Yeah. Um, my church. I don't. You might have attended this this event. I didn't see you, but you might have been there. Go on. In some bizarre costume or other. Um, my church picketed the local gay pride march. Oh yes, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I got into a bit of a bit of an altercation, really, with with with, with a young gay gentleman. Never. Um, because I I held up a banner saying Christ is in all of us. Right. And for some reason he took that out of context and made a coarse joke out of it. Well. It depends. I wasn't there, so it's hard to make judgment on the uh, on the situation, Richard. But uh, even listening to you, um, I would say that um, that seems like a bit of an overreaction on the part of the of the young gay gentleman. Uh, you were there in all innocence, um, making your Christly invitations abound. Uh, probably not the right scenario to do it in at a gay pride um, festival, but. Nonetheless, you were there, causing nobody any harm. It's my right. What isn't right? It, no, it's my, it is my right. It is your right indeed, absolutely. To protest peacefully. Uh, one may suggest that uh, if you do want to, say, uh, take banners like crises and all of us, that gay pride is probably not the best arena to do it in. Um, but, I, you know, I have to be humble about it and say you're perfectly within your rights and um, no problem with it at all, Richard. So when you say to make a coarse joke, was he offensive or was he just literally joking? Well, he took the phrase, Christ is in all of us, and suggested that our Lord was, shall we just say, standing behind me during an intimate moment. Well, I have to concede, Richard, that, uh, that there have been kind of rumblings in, and uh, there are several discussions on the internet that I've come across about the possibility of uh, Jesus Christ having uh, homosexual tendencies, um, which obviously I've got no problem with, but now I doubt you'd have huge problems with. I was very offended. I'm sure you were. And? Well, I mean, nothing came of it. I just told him to clear off. Fair enough. Um, and did he? He did. All right. So it was a bit of an anticlimax. Now, I've received a communique from Ofcom, which okay. I think it's important um, that, we, that we air. I'm not going to read it verbatim, um, but the general gist of it um, was that it stated that if we persist in making offensive, racist, 
and oftentimes illegal remarks, we will be shut down. So control yourself, Nathaniel, today, please. Well, I'm not, I'm not about to control myself, Richard. I'm not one to uh, pander to the masses and to pander to authority at the best of times. Uh, and just because we're broadcasting stuff that people might offensive, might find offensive, well, they've all, they've all got an off button, Richard. That's true, but... We could start uh, make a gardening programme, or we could talk, do a TV guide programme, but we might lose a few listeners. You told me last week um, that, that it was imperative that we gain viewers, not shed them, by making... Yes, but we'll gain... remarks. We'll gain viewers by being who we are and, and, and not kind of... Um, pandering our opinions to, to make them palatable. People want to hear what we've got to say, Richard, and we should be allowed to say it. So um, we'll uphold Ofcom's complaint and um, maybe treat it with the contempt it deserves. Let's move on. Yes, let's move on. Hello, folks. This is the bit where we talk about movie news and Hollywood developments. Sony Pictures Animation, who last re- released the very well-received Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, are developing a CGI-only adaptation of Popeye, with Jim Carrey set to voice the spinach-munching Sailor Man. Doubtless, Carrey will soon be claiming that spinach is an appropriate alternative to the MMR vaccination. The silly bastard. French actor Gerard Depardieu was removed from a flight bound for Dublin last week. The 62-year-old star of Serrano de Bergerac and Green Card was on a flight from Paris when he urinated in front of fellow passengers. A passenger on the CityJet plane contacted a French radio station last Wednesday and claimed the movie star had also urinated on the oil. The traveller claimed Mr Depardieu stood up minutes before takeoff and declared in a loud voice, Je veux pisser, je veux pisser. And judging by the size of him, when this man says he wants to take a piss, it's always wise to listen. Ridley Scott is currently working on a project dubbed Prometheus, which may or may not be a prequel to Alien, depending on what mood he's in when he gives his interviews. Apparently next up for him is a reboot of Blade Runner. Given that the original is the most overhyped movie of all time, expect much guff and hot air to be vented in the coming months. Kira Knightley is proposing starring in a Romeo and Juliet spin-off, following the story of Rosalind, the woman Ro- Romeo is in love with, before his lecherous eyes spied poor Juliet. Not big fans of period drama here at Passive Aggressive Film Reviews. We just want Kira to go away really, really soon. Okay, folks, this is the part of the show where we discuss a movie on current release. And this week, we're going to talk about The Rise of the Planet of the Apes. A brief overview, Oscar nominee James Franco plays Will Rodman, a scientist working with chimpanzees hoping to find a cure for Alzheimer's disease. He's got a vested interest in the project as his pianist father Charles, played by the always excellent John Lithgow, suffers from the condition himself. When a failed demonstration of the efficacy of the research results in funding being pulled, the head of the project orders the chimps be put down. Secretly, Rodman takes a baby chimp home, names him Caesar, and marvels as the youngster displays remarkable intelligence, developing IQ-wise 
far more swiftly than even a human child would. That's all I'm going to say about the plot, because I don't want to reveal too much more. Um, I thought that in terms of the special effects, this was about as good as we have ever seen. What do you reckon, Nathaniel? Couldn't disagree with that. Absolutely seamless. Yeah? Absolutely seamless. Um, do you want to expand on it a bit more? I'll uh, tell you my thoughts on the movie afterwards. Okay. Well, I mean, what made this special? Of course, we've seen plenty of movies with great special effects, even movies that aren't particularly good. You know, we were talking about Captain America last week, mm -hmm. and whilst the film wasn't ex wasn't particularly good, the special effects were great. Um, what set this apart, I felt, was the photorealistic nature of the chimpanzees dropped into a real-life situation. See, it's not like, you know, a Star Trek or an Avatar where, the, you know, the visuals are stunning, but they're alien, they're different. This is remarkable special effects technology being used in a situation that we can all relate to. Just everyday streets and houses. It was, it was jaw-dropping. This is the work of our man Andy Serkis again, isn't it, Richard? It is Andy Serkis, um, and for those that don't know who he is, um, he's an actor. He does normal acting roles, but he's, he's cut a bit of a niche for himself doing something called motion capture. Um, this is where it's green screen work, and he has a bunch of sensors attached to him all over his body and, and computers register his facial um, expressions, his, his body positioning, his posture and all of that is used to create realistic, lifelike characters. Um, famously he was Gollum in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He was also um, another monkey, he was, well another ape, he was uh, the, the King Kong in Peter Jack Jackson's remake of that particular movie. Um, so he's really, he's, he's become the go-to guy for this kind of stuff. Um, and his performance as Caesar was, oh, it, was, it, was, it was just unbelievable how effective it was. Absolutely agree. Uh, the character Caesar, it's, how could anyone not endear themselves to Caesar? Um, anyone who's not even heard of Planet of the Apes could go and watch that film and instantly relate and uh, become emotionally involved with their character Caesar. Um, I think Andy Serkis has a huge part to play in that. Um, I'm not a great advocate of um, huge amounts of money being special effects. I'm very much the old-fashioned type who likes a good story, Richard, as you know. Uh -huh. Absolutely. But, um, I cannot um, find a flaw in, in, in this advancement in, um, in movie technology. He brings the character to a different level, a different dimension, and um, he can only recommend it for that. Nathaniel, I agree with every word you're saying. Um, I find that a bit disturbing, but oh. I, 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 I totally agree with you. It, it, the characterisation of Caesar was so remarkable, I would say within a couple of minutes of him becoming, you know, the adolescent version of him, rather than the, the little tiny baby version, you... you you quickly forgot that this was a special effect that you were watching. It was just another character in the film. And I don't think that's ever been done before. Even Gollum, you always knew you were looking at a special effect. 
Yes, that's very true. Absolutely, it's it's, it's another advancement, isn't it? Didn't think it was possible after Gollum, to be honest with you, but uh, that, it's just incredible. Well, every time an advancement is made, you do just have to step back and admire it. Um, as as with you, Nathaniel, I, I do I do find it troubling when movies are just special effects extravaganzas. I've got to quickly find those dull. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when it's used appropriately and in the correct context. I think it's fantastic. Um, now, that's not to say that I thought the movie was perfect. Far from it. And I think that the actual plot ties in reasonably nicely with the, with, with the writing that was actually occurring last week. Except the ones writing in the movie, the monkeys, were more intelligent than the people writing on the streets. There you go. I was waiting for the um, the shit of Bob Slant to, to, to make its head at, at shown, and uh, there, there it is. Um, I have to say, Richard, I'm quite surprised that you enjoyed the film. I didn't think it would be your cup of tea at all. Um, I enjoyed the spectacle, if not the message. Okay. Okay. I understand that. The apes in the cages were meant to invoke sympathy. But instead due to their belligerent attitude towards their human masters, they only serve to make themselves look foolish. Mm. Make themselves look foolish? Well, how did they do that, Richard? Just by b- being awkward, non-cooperative. Well, just just, just pain, pains in the backside. <laughs> they probably had many pains in the backside the way they've been treated, Richard. Um, so you've got no... What's your problem with the moral of the, of the, of the story? I didn't like the, the message that through revolution, evolution can begin. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a poor message. I don't see why you think that would be a poor message, but uh, carry on. Well, especially in light of, of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. We'll come to that, Richard. Algerosis. We'll come to that. Um, the point being, you're, you're saying that revolution... No, I, I, I'm doing it myself now. Um, if we can get back to the moral of the story Richard Mm -hmm. um, in essence uh, it's a a very sophisticated incredibly well made version of a classic um, in so much that animals are being tested yes to find a cure for Alzheimer's disease which is um, obviously something that we all want um, but to do so on monkeys and apes is, is absolutely abhorrent uh, and to see them react in the way that they do is uh, is not only understandable, it's justifiable and uh, and, and good to see. Uh, and to see them displaying intelligence, um, they show the kind of intelligence, Richard, which I think Wyatt really kind of made a point of. Um, they showed such intelligence that... Do you want to explain who Wyatt is? He's the director. Thank you. Um and he made it especially poignant that at the height of their upheaval, at the height of their revolution, at this um, disgusting torture they were being subjected to, they didn't massacre humans, they didn't rip them apart limb from limb, which would have been justifiable in, in many eyes. Mm. They just simply rendered them unconscious. They want un- unconscious. They wanted to stop the torture. They didn't want to kill the humans that were doing it. And I thought that was, well... 
emotive to say the least. This is absolutely typical of you. It is. You have to take the moral, liberal, wishy-washy, left-wing point of view in absolutely everything. Don't you? Can't you peel the scales from your eyes just for once? No, I can't. <laughs> nor, nor do I want to, Richard. You're suggesting that it is somehow immoral to experiment and test on animals. I'm not suggesting it, Richard, but I'm telling you. And yet you would, if you had some kind of malady that required medication, you'd be the first one to gobble it down. Not if I now had been tested on a creature that I had to suffer. So before you take any pill, you, you research it, do you? Or do you, or do you just think, I tell, I've got a bad back, I'm in a bit of pain, I'm going to take some paracetamol, and be damned with where they came from. Well, I'm not a mainstream boost medication kind of guy, Richard, as you know, I'm kind of into your herbal therapist. Uh, I try and avoid that avenue as much as possible. I don't avoid it all the time, but I do pop at the occasional paracetamol, maybe the occasional aspirin. But I think we're past the uh, limits of testing those on monkeys and rabbits, aren't we? But they were tested originally, so if your principles have any value, you wouldn't consume those. I disagree with you. I don't, I don't agree that they were tested. This is... That, that, that is just a preposterous thing to say. During the development of those drugs, doubtless they were tested on animals. Doubtless. I think you're very doubtful, Richard, and I think you're hiding it up with your uh, expression, your, your expression in your voice. Um, I don't think you know that they were tested, in much the same way as I don't know if the truth known. Uh, so maybe I'm papering over the fact a little here, but I've always surmised that uh, products such as aspirin and paracetamol uh, would not be tested on any creatures. But so instead of taking real medicine, what you would instead take would be some kind of homeopathic, non-existent, swallow a couple of magic beans and hope you get better. Is that right? Yes. All God's creations, Richard. And he, you know, and he creates the, uh, the remedies for our ailments right here on the earth. So why don't we use them? Mm. Surely Jesus would approve of that. Jesus would approve of nothing that comes out of your poisoned mouth. <laughs> So let's get back onto the movie let's because you're making me incredibly annoyed. Wandered off a little, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> then. There's some suggestions that the original movie was racist. That's correct. There's nothing racist about humans being portrayed as superior to monkeys. Um, interesting argument, Richard. Um, it's certainly a deplorable term, whatever that term might be. Uh, Chimpanzees are not a race. They're not black. They're not white. They're not Chinese. They're chimpanzees. So what, what, what label would you give it? Would it special? They're animals. They're animals. All God's creations, Richard. They're animals. Oh, no, Jesus created them all. Didn't he? Jesus did... Cre God created life, Nathaniel. Get your facts right. <laughs> We're not going to go into a Christian argument here. We're talking about the film, but go on. I've got nothing to go on for. You made a statement that was incorrect. So I, I corrected you. There's nothing to go on. No, but you, you're saying that 
the film was labelled as racist for uh, seeing humans as, as being superior to, to monkeys. The original, not 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 the not of the course. reboot, the original, of course. The, the one from the sixties. Of course, Richard, um, and and I'm questioning that. Well, it was based on uh, a book called Monkey Planet. That's right. Um, and that that was that was considered to be a racist diatribe, but that was wrong as well, wasn't it? Of course. There's nothing racist about telling the honest truth, which is that humans are better than monkeys. No, I'm saying that the label is incorrect. I'm not saying that the the model is correct at all, because mm. humans clearly aren't uh, superior to monkeys. You don't need to look far to get the evidence for that. I've never seen a chimpanzee get to level 30 on Tetris. Case closed. <laughs> Maybe I've got more interesting things to do with the life, Richard. And let you let me tell you something else. When you said that the the when they rose up, they didn't harm any humans, even no, though they, they had the right. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You misquoted me. I said they didn't kill humans. They didn't kill. Okay, they didn't kill any any humans. Um, well, if you'd have been there, Nathaniel, they'd have killed you. They wouldn't. They'd have wouldn't. seen you as the shallow slug that you are. <laughs> They'd have seen me as a defender of their rights, they'd have put flowers in my hair. They'd, they'd have, have seen you as an enemy. They wouldn't, Richard. They'd have loved me. They'd have thrown shit at you. <laughs> they would have seen you as nothing but an enemy, and they would have destroyed you. They'd have picked, your, picked their arse and flicked it at you. That's what they'd have done. So, what rating... Did, would you give to Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Nine and a half out of ten. Whoa! Magnificent. Nine and a half out of ten. Whew. That's, uh, that's the top rating we've given so far, isn't it? It is so far. Wow. Um, well, even though I enjoyed the spectacle, even though I thought the special effects were marvellous, the fact that the message was so corrupting means I can only give this film six out of ten. Okay, folks, so this is the part of the broadcast where we talk about a classic or an old movie. Uh, today's movie for discussion is Being John Malkovich. This 1999 movie, surprisingly enough, about John Malkovich, um, stars a character called Craig Schwartz, who's a failing puppeteer. He discovers by chance a portal that takes him to the head of John Malkovich. He sets up a business with the object of his desires, Maxine, charging people to enter the portal and so become Malkovich for 15 minutes. Maxine is no interest in Schwartz, except when he's in, Al in Malkovich, and so the puppeteer does the ultimate bit of puppeteering by entering the portal and taking over the Malkovich personality for good, in order to win his woman and set up his own puppeteering business using the not notoriety of John Malkovich. He gets his wish and he loses everything, but we won't reveal too much. Your thoughts? Did you see it, Richard? Of course I saw it. Um, didn't like it. You didn't like it? I didn't like it. We're all ears as to why. Cameron Diaz was in this film. Um, now, she is an extraordinarily beautiful woman. We agree so far. She is... Oh, she is absolutely divine. Well, maybe not in this movie, Richard. Well, this is, this is what I was coming to. In this film, Cameron Diaz was made to look frumpy. And I thought that that was offensive. <laughs> Thank you.
you don't think Cameron Diaz has more in a locker than to play a pretty bit, no? When I watch a Hollywood movie starring Cameron Diaz, a woman so beautiful, it makes me want to, to do things that, that the Lord wouldn't, wouldn't approve of. I don't want to see her looking like my bloody wife. Well, Cameron Diaz may be a little offended at your, your views, Richard, but uh, they're the, the, your views nonetheless. Carry on. What did you actually think of the movie, other than uh, Cameron Diaz's appearance? I thought that, um, uh, you know, the setup was interesting. It's a pretty original idea, I think, this idea of going through a tiny, almost like a little hobbit door. Absolutely. And down a, a, a filthy tunnel sliding down some kind of chute, and then when you get to the bottom, you're peering at the world through John Malkovich's eyes. Uh, there's not many films I can think of that have even uh, even a, uh, an approximation of that plot, so it's, r it's really original, which is to be commended, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but I found it really pretty, pretty difficult to watch. John Malkovich is entitled to his privacy. In the same way that some modern celebrities are entitled to theirs, unless a News of the World journalist happens to be tapping their phone. Oh, there we go. But it's just, it's just a film, Richard. But do you think it was just a film? <laughs> I don't think it was real life. I, I, I'm, not the, I'm not an idiot. I didn't think it was a documentary. What I mean is, do you think it is simply a work of fiction or is it trying to be something more and he's not that very fact the thing that topples it over into the realm of pretentiousness pretentious waffle it's not pretentious waffle Richard it is obviously uh, a very very fictional uh, piece of art uh, but there's certainly a message there um, maybe you've missed the message Richard I'm not sure um, John Cusack is a puppeteer, right? He is. He's a pervert, painting the tiny nails of his mannequin girlfriend. He's a pervert. He's sick. Actually, were you, were you the guy that in the scene that where, where Craig Schwartz got punched? Maybe it was you. I beg your pardon? Well, you, you're making out uh, the character Craig Schwartz, the failing puppeteer, to be a pervert. Yes. Uh, if you recall, Richard, uh, uh -huh. how long ago you, you saw the film, uh, but there's a scene in this movie where he's trying to get his business started so he goes out onto the street um, much as the same as a busker we're trying to make a few pennies this is right and, and that's right and, the, and the, the, the dad gets angry doesn't he because he of the does. kids yeah. okay. he, sees, he sees him as a pervert uh, he's a pervert the, he's, that, that man was absolutely correct to punch him don't be an idiot the, the guy's making a story um, and just because a, a little girl sees a uh, a somewhat intimate and, and quite, yes, crazy scene, uh, it doesn't make a man a pervert. I don't want children to watch mannequins humping. Well, they weren't humping, they were only trying to hump through the wall, so you, you get your detail right for a start. You're splitting hairs there, aren't you? I'm not really? splitting, I'll maybe splitting split. hairs. They were attempting to rub their genitals against one another. The fact that there was a wall in the way is neither here nor there. I think it probably is kind of here or there. Um, but uh, I, I do take your point, I suppose. But if we, get, if we can get back to the message, um, 
I thought the overriding message of the movie, and I do like to bang on about the messages, just purely to annoy you, if anything else. Because you're as pretentious as the people that made this film. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm pretentious, Richard, and I wouldn't call the makers of the film pretentious, um, as fictional as it is. But the message is clearly there to uh, not to try to be anyone else. You know, you are who you are, mm-hmm. and you need to maximise your own potential, and uh, you'll never do that by trying to become someone else. This uh, is a discourse on celebrity culture. It is nothing more than a media study student's wet dream. It's pathetic. I think I think it's a little bit better than pathetic, Richard. Um, I, I marvelled at the movie. Um, it, it left me agog. Um, it, it, towards the end, there were even kind of um, theories of reincarnation being thrown around, which is you know always kind of grabbed my interest. Um, that only served to increase the interest of an already fascinating movie. I absolutely loved it. The characters are only interested in Malkovich because he's bald. You're going bald, Nathaniel. I'm not interested in you. When did you last see me? I saw you a couple of weeks ago. And did I look bald to you then? Well, you're going bald. I said, I didn't say you were bald. I said, you're going bald. Going bald? Yes, you've got a little peak. It's a little spot appearing at the top of your head, like an old man. If someone shaved my hair off and threw it at a young child, it would knock them over. I don't know how you determine that as being bald. If I, I listen, if I discovered a portal into your mind, I'd sell tickets to every grizzled, sperm-crazed gay man I could find. Oh, they'd be See well, how you like that? They'd be welcome, Richard. See how you like that? I, Fifteen minutes inside me to transform them. I, they'd be absolutely appalled. And when I say inside me, I mean in snow. Oh, that, that, that is just such an obvious statement to make. Such an obvious comment from an obvious man. Well, of course it is. It winds you up. What more reason do I need? This film was a disgusting left-wing indulgence. It made me sick. This mess. This film was a, a potent message, full of art and interesting ideas, uh, to evoke marvelousness in the brain. Marvellousness in the brain. Is that the best you can come up with? It is. I think it's quite a, <laughs> a worthwhile statement tonight. Everyone, everyone needs a bit of marvellousness in their brain, Richard. I, it, I, I was rendered speechless for perhaps ten minutes after I'd watched it. The only reason I completed the movie is because I'm a professional and I feel that it's important. I would have switched this off after <laughs> 30 minutes. But I felt it important to continue. I felt it important that I could contribute to this podcast. And you to be commended for that. Well, congratulations. It, it's, um, it's very difficult staying with a film if you're really not enjoying it. So, uh, fair play to you. Well done, would you? I was, it, I was offended by it. Not as much as probably Cameron Diaz was offended by it. It made me angry. Minutes, but there we go. Well, Cameron Diaz... I, Oh, she is just so beautiful. So beautiful. And to waste her in that way, it just just seemed a dreadful shame. Is that all she is to you? Just a a convenient arrangement of pixels on a screen that makes you aroused? Is that all she is to you? This woman is a talented Hollywood actress. 
allow her to express herself. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. What would you give this movie, Nathaniel? Nine I, out I, of ten. I dread to think, to be honest. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. So I've you've given I've Rise of the Planet of the Apes nine and a half, and now this one nine. I've had a cracking film have you, been, have you been taking ecstasy? Is that why you're so full of love? No, I don't need ecstasy for that. What do you give? What do you give? I'm going to give it, and I'm being generous, three out of ten. It was dreadful. Okay, folks, so this is the part of the broadcast where we talk about current affairs, things that's going on in the news at the moment. And it seems quite pertinent to talk, talk about the Libya crisis. Libyan rebels and government troops have been locked in a fierce battle for months following a popular uprising against Colonel Muammar Gaddafi's 42-year rule. I think we're both familiar with the situation in uh, Libya and what's been going on, Richard. Have you got any comments on it? Oh, I have indeed, yes. Um, in my opinion, the Libyan rebels are no better than the rioters that we saw in England last week. Oh my goodness, here we go. Do you want to expand on that a little? There's a reason they're called rebels. There is. It's an anagram of bleers. <laughs> and bleers means what? Well, doubtless, just like the rioters, they're bleary-eyed, cranked up on alcohol, or they've snorted a wrap of sensimilia, dropped an acid bong, or ingested huge amounts of horse tranquilizers through their anuses. That could be the reason. Um, I, I'm sure there are plenty of Libyans who don't indulge in such activities. They're criminals. They're criminals. Is that it? R rising up against their own government, they are criminals. People should do what their leaders tell them to do. Would you sanction the assassination of David Cameron? Uh, surprisingly enough, no. Well, there we go. Uh, typically extreme and uh, borderline vile opinions there from Mr Shifflegoff. Um, also try and balance things out, uh, as is quite necessary on this programme lately. Um, the regime under Gaddafi has gone on long enough. Uh, he's been a tyrannical ruler, uh, involving genocide, amongst other uh, means of control to, to, his, um, to his public. And, and basically the, the Libyan people en masse have had enough and have uh, decided to revolt. And as much as I don't agree with the methods of revolt, uh, in so much it, it, it's um, seen lots of violence and loss of life, I can only applaud and uh, get enthusiastic even about the notion of revolution in that country. It, to me, it's um, again a very important message to send out to everyone uh, that people power still exists and governments can be overhauled when necessary. Thing with Gaddafi, thing with Gaddafi, I'm sorry to interrupt this, this... I don't see you, I don't see you all, but carry on. This diatribe of, 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 of good intentions. Thing with Gaddafi, he doesn't mean any harm. He's like a small child playing a game. Uh, I might contact Ofcom myself, actually, to see if they're listening in. Uh, because you, you, could, you couldn't possibly say anything more offensive if you tried, Richard. 
Um, I just try to to Christ, Allah, and anyone who's listening, but there aren't any Libyan people listening, um, because they will no doubt be extremely offended at your utterances, you vile man. Um, you might support them, Nathaniel, but if you lived in Tripoli, then have you executed for your vile ways? I don't think they would. I don't think they would. I think you're trying to paint a picture of the Libyan people that, that, that doesn't exactly exist. You've got this image in your head of these backward pseudo-Africans who uh, ingest horse tranquilizers up their anus and, uh, and should do as a dome well told. Uh, I don't think that's a, a true indication of, of the true Libyan people, is it? No matter what you say, your, your way of life, your antics, your, your bumming <laughs> would not be tolerated in Tripoli. Well, I wouldn't uh, invite people to see any of my bumming, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, it's a very private affair, and it doesn't normally involve an audience, um, so there's no cause to offend anyone. Uh, as to whether it would be tolerated, I'm not up on Libyan law, so I, I think you're being a bit flaky again, and incredibly judgmental uh, about what happens in that country, because I don't think, frankly, you have a clue. I think we've got off on the, on, on the wrong foot here, Nathaniel. Let's try and, um, let's try and mellow this conversation out. Very well. Um, and let's try a different tack. I'm all for the mellow. Now, Gaddafi, you can say lots of things about him, but he does have a marvellous sense of humour. Have you heard any of his jokes? Well, just look at him. Just look at him. He, he clearly doesn't take himself particularly seriously. Just look at him. He has a strange image, I, I grant you. He lives in a teepee. Does he really? He lives in a teepee. He's got a crack force of security guards, which consist only of beautiful women. He's like a Bond villain. Do you, do you suppose he ingests horse tranquilizer up his anus? I don't think he does, he does no. no. No, I don't think he does, no. That's the rebels. Well, that's a shame. So, but you, it, you, your, your take on matters is that you, you uh, wholly disapprove of, the, of the, the rebellious nature of the people of Libya. Keep everything the same. Leave it as it is. The world's okay. Let's go on as we were. No problem. Why does everything need to change? I hate change. Why does everything need to change constantly? Well, would you feel the same way, Richard? If, if, I know it's not going to happen, just, just a purely hypothetical idea. But let's say Mr Cameron uh, came up with the idea that Christianity was to be banned in the UK. Would you mm. repel or would you, would you accept it like the muppet that you want us all to be? Um, I, would, I would question it. Mm. And I would continue to worship in the privacy of my home. Okay, but you wouldn't feel the need to speak out about it? No, no, no. If, if, the, if the Prime Minister issued a diktat that I happen to disagree with, I would privately, I may even say it to Yvonne, but it would go no further than that. But I would, I would, I would continue practising my faith. That would never stop. There's something commendable in that, Richard. Uh, I'm, I'm actually finding myself in uh, humble admiration in some ways. Thank you. Um, 
But at the same time, obviously, my, my, my point is that if a government dictates that you want, you know, they want you to do something that you feel is wholly unjust and blatantly incorrect, then this is your right and indeed your your absolute must do to rebel against that. Last month, I paid £3,000 in tax. Yes. I didn't want to do that. I had to do that. Which is... Yeah, that, that's a different uh, argument completely, Rich, isn't it? We all... Oh, really? We all... Oh, really? No. Yeah, Your point what? is... You know, we should protest against every tiny little thing that the government makes us do no. that we disagree with. Once again, you're trying to put words in my mouth that don't exist. I'm not saying we should protest against every tiny little thing. Because that's, that's all we'd ever do. That's all we'd spend our lives... If you had your way, that's all we would spend our lives doing. <laughs> would be, every morning, we'd get up, we'd open the paper, we'd go, I don't like that, and we'd go out and start protesting. No, we, we, we'd have make time for making love in between. I, I, I missed that. I do apologise. I missed that line. We'd have to make time for some making love in between. Well, the, the, I, I've got nothing against making love, Nathaniel, no matter what you might think. Um, I'm, not, I'm not averse to people making love. What I'm averse to is the sickening acts of depravity that you indulge in. Well, we see... We see Jabbing we, things up your urethra. <laughs> no, I guess... Left, I, right and centre. I guess someone... Menage a trois, Men with... Cockering. <laughs> well, it's none of your business, Richard. That's, that's, the, that's the fundamentals of it. If I want to get involved with a man with a huge cockering, it doesn't offend you. Which it does offend me. It absolutely offends me. What I, I do, would have brought it up otherwise, would your I? business. I wouldn't have brought it up otherwise, would I? I wouldn't have mentioned it if it didn't offend me. Yes, Paul, me. I'm asking you to question your own beliefs, Richard. If I want to get involved with a man with a cock ring, how does that affect you? It affects me when you try and ram it down my throat. And I mean that utterly metaphorically. Believe me, I never do that to you, Richard. And thank the Lord for that. Yes, thank him indeed. I wouldn't go near you with a barge pole. You should, should, be, pop- you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. Your, 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 the way that you behave. Your urethra is fine with me. It's perfectly well, safe. My urethra, unlike yours, is intact. I don't go around jabbing sharp objects up it. I tell you what, I, <laughs> no one pisses like me in the UK. <laughs> my urethra is the, <laughs> is the absolute epitome of high functioning. The amount well, of things it's had jabbed down, it's my god, it's like a well-oiled tube. When I, when I saw Jeff and he revealed that to me, I saw you in a new light. Oh, let's not bring Jeff into this. We, we I saw you, it was a new low, that, I felt. That's an underhand tactic, Shittle Bob, which is not surprising, but deplorable all the same. It was a new low. What do you mean, a new low? Well, I'm, I'm engaging you in it. Shut it. Don't bring Jeff into the conversation. Talk about my UE3 if you must, but don't bring Jeff into the conversation. We do agree not to. We're still talking about Libya, Richard. This, well, this, I'll be honest with you, Nathaniel, this might be the last one of these that I do. Because I'm finding it very difficult talking to you. Well, you're not talking to me. We're discussing and the listeners are listening to you. Talk to your listeners. 
Don't don't deny them your vile utterings. That that's what they're going to listen to to get worked up and hate you for it. I feel that the reporting of the events in Libya have been biased by a left-wing media that wish to paint the world as a ghastly place. Things need to change. We need to make progress. We need to evolve. Just keep things as they are. No matter how shit they might be. No matter how shit they might be. Correct. Keep things as they are. Things are great. In fact, things aren't great. Things were great 30 years ago. But people like you have transformed this planet and made it a decadent, corrupt cesspool. I wish I were dead. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all from Passive Aggressive Film Reviews this week. Um, Join us again next week when we'll tackle another movie on release, something from the archives, and yet Yet again, we'll delve into current affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Goodbye.